Hello and welcome back to the Peanut Butter Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm here with my only um, co-host right now, Ting. Hello. The reason why we're not uh, all here is because, well, everyone else had other stuff to do and Cyrus, uh, well, technically bail on us but you know we told him he could uh stay out of this one since we didn't have a proper topic to talk about um however ting and i do have a proper topic to talk about not topic but more on the lines of we're gonna read um subreddit r slash true scary stories now i know what you're saying i know what you're saying isn't that cringy? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. And Cyrus, if you're listening to this, fuck you. Anyways, um, so I'm gonna start. You know, back in late 2014, around October or November, I was 18 years old. I was very much enjoying my new freedom from the confines of childhood. At that time. I had just got my driver's license and drove a 1998 Chevy sports van. I did everything in this van, and because I had to hang at a hangout spot on wheels, I started making a lot of new friends. One night, when I went to go see some of my newfound friends, something happened that I cannot explain. It was late, when I decided to drive some odd 25 miles to see my friends. Between my town and their town are just quiet, dark country roads. Every once in a while, passing a driveway with a street light on the property, ever since I was a kid, there has there had always been one road around the county that people like to talk about. They called it Swamp Road. The road is located right past the local high school in the county closest to my town. The school is in the middle of nowhere, and it's just very eerie at night. The road itself is dark and quiet, located right in the middle of a large patch of woods, so at night it's even more terrifying. As I pulled onto the road, I managed to keep my cool. This road is a commonly used shortcut to where I was going, and I had no issue driving down it at the time. The road had several hills, and then comes to an opening out of the woods, then banks right and then banks left, again, for hitting more hills and finally a stop sign. As I was hitting the last hill before the opening, at the edge of the woods, my eyes locked onto a bright white sheet on the side of the road. It was so distractingly bright, I almost ran off the road. I ended up passing the white sheet and continuing forward, but I started to think about things. I've always been one to th- think about bags on the side of the road. What if it's money? Or someone threw out a dog they didn't want, or something worse. My curios- curiosity got the best of me, and once I hit the stop sign, I decided to turn back to see what it was. Right before the first turn, there was a small field entryway that I parked at. For some reason, I decided to turn off the headlights and shut the van off. I'm guessing it was my teen angst of not being afraid. The walk back to the edge of the woods was kind of longer, and the only reason I didn't want to park closer is because a car would potentially come over the hill and get freaked out and wrecked because of the van being parked there. So I parked a little ways back walked towards the edge of the woods. The moon was pretty bright, so it wasn't too scary. But once I got closer to the woods, some of the trees 
that were not quite dead yet covered up the light making it nearly impossible to see. I pulled out my phone and turned on the flashlight to see that the sheet was completely gone. Nothing was there. My heart sank at first, but I just thought maybe it wasn't at this hill, maybe the next hill up. So as I was walking up the hill to see if it was on the next, I heard a rustling in the woods. I didn't even get the time to think. I didn't know if the sound was going away or coming towards me. All I remember was hearing something running fast in the woods, and it sounded like whatever it was was dragging something along the ground. I ran back to the van, started it, and immediately got out of there. During the drive to my friends, I tried to tell myself that whatever I just witnessed was completely understandable and rational. Maybe it was a sheet full of trash and an animal had come and drug it away and got spooked when they heard me walking towards them and ran away. I got to park I got to the park that I usually picked my friends at and waited for them to get here. I got out of the van and to throw something away into the bathrooms when I saw little wet handprints on the rear and side of the van. I no joke was looking at the dripping handprints on the windows of my van. There was no one in my van. I was the only one there. If maybe oh, someone was trying to prank. What? Why does he have a van? <laughs> man, it was the early 2000s. It's a bit sus, <laughs> my man. A fucking van? Are you kidding? Uh, hey, 18 at the time. Okay. I'm blaming him. Um. <laughs> oh, man, it's literally gonna be. He's gonna be considered one of those guys who wants to can. Got some free Wi Fi. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Nah, dude. Sorry. You got a van. Uh, I'd rather have a in Fagio from GTA, bro. <laughs> I'd rather have one of those driving most shit around. Maybe someone was trying to prank prank me back at Swampy Swamp Road. Then how did the handprints stay wet through the whole drive to town? I was driving well over the speed limit because I was scared. To this day, this is the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. It's the last weird thing that has ever happened to me, and there is nothing that I can think rationally that could be the reason. I'm not gonna lie, I like that story. I just don't like the fact that he had a van. Oh my god. But now, like, come on, man. Like, it's hella sus. You're right. You're right. But I mean, he was like 18 at the time, you know? And, like, then again. Once a lot of people start watching this podcast, like, we're gonna offend so many people who has a fucking van. <laughs> Especially if they have a white van. I am not. I, I am not sus. Secretly has candy. I am not sus. I don't know what you're talking about. Man has candy in his pants. Be like, well, I got some candy in my pants. Just reach in there and you know, jerk it around a little bit. See if you can find it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. To the next story? Yeah, next story. Alright. Not childhood experience. I apologize in advance for explaining it terribly and for having bad grammar. I'd also like to apologize for how cliche this all seems. I don't care, it's our podcast, you know. Gucci. <laughs> okay, this all happened when I was six or seven. So it's a bit of a blur, but nonetheless, I'll try to recall as much as I can. 
So when I was a child, I had always played with these two Barbie dolls, which for the sake of this, I'll dub them as Barbie A and Barbie B. One day, I was playing with A and B. I set A down for a second and focused my attention to B. I think I was making her sing. I don't fully remember. Anyways, I paused halfway through the song he was singing and saw A's head move all the way around by itself. This freaked me out a ton. I remember screaming, then running out of the room and made my way to the living room where my dad was. My dad was already out of his usual chair. He looked quite pan panicked. He, also, he asked me what the matter was. I remember grabbing his hand and trying to lead him into the direction of the room. I was in previously. While we were walking, I was babbling about the Barbie doll. I kept repeating, the Barbie is bad. I think this freaked my dad out a bit because I remember him tensing up a bit while we were walking. Once my dad and I reached the room, I saw that my bar that Barbie B was where I left it, but Barbie A was placed neatly atop the toy shelf. My dad let go of my hand. He then walked around the room a bit. It seemed like he was observing the room to see if there was anything off about it. Then he walked back towards me and said, There's literally nothing here, kiddo. It's the Barbie, I told him. I was now pointing up at the shelf where Barbie A was. Dad then rolled his eyes at me and walked out of the room leaving me alone there with that stupid doll. Shortly after dad left the room, I felt a growing sense of terror, so I just ended up going back to be with my dad. There was no way I'd be alone in that room with that doll. Anyways, fast forward to the same night, I was brushing my teeth in the washroom. Randomly, I started to hear scratching at the door, little me thinking it was a cat, Milo, my cat Milo. Decided to stop what I was doing and went over to the door to open it, but what I saw wasn't Milo. It was Barbie A, just there on the ground, staring up at me. My response to this was run past the Barbie into my bedroom. I jumped onto my bed and put my blankets over me. Eventually, I managed to calm down and go to bed. The next morning, I awoke to the same Barbie doll sitting at the foot of my bed. I did my usual response and ran out of the room. Shit like this happened for like a week. I'd deal with the Barbie seemingly follow me. What I mean by that is, I'd be in one room where the Barbie shouldn't be, example, the kitchen, and it'd be there. I'd also dealt with it scratching at the bathroom door whenever I went to brush my teeth before bed. I also continued to awake to it resting at the end of my bed each morning. One day was different. I went to brush my teeth before bed like usual, and throughout the whole time I was waiting I was awaiting the scratching at the door to start, but it didn't. The next morning, I awoke to no Barbie at the foot of the bed either, to which this relieved me. My day went on like how it would normally go until around the late that afternoon. I was sitting on the couch, watching TV. I'm pretty sure the show that was on was some nature documentary. And then suddenly, I heard shuffling coming from behind me, meaning something was behind the couch. So I peeked my head over the back of the couch, and to my horror, I saw Barbie A on the ground. Though this time, instead of getting scared of it, I got upset. Upset. What's it one big ass fucking Barbies, or it's like one of those small ass ones? I'm pretty sure it was one of those small ass ones. They don't specify in it. My guess is probably it was just a small Barbie. No, but I know what you're talking about, the big uh, dolls and stuff that they talk about.
that the all stuff just kind of creeps me out with all that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing the damn thing. I got up off of the couch and walked around to where the doll was. I picked it up and said it to it, I'm done. I remember then making my way towards the front door. I opened the door and stepped out onto my front deck. I walked to the right of the deck as that's where we keep kept trash bins. I opened the lid to one of the bins and dropped the Barbie in it. I closed the lid and then ran back into my house. That was the last time I encountered the Barbie. It's not really scary looking back on this moment now that I'm older, but at the time it freaked me out. Anyways. I mean, if you were a kid and you were that young, I'm pretty sure it'd creep you the hell out. You know? Yeah, I get it. I guess. Yeah. When I was like six, I was kind of afraid of Barbies, but not really. They say when like there's one sitting in my room, it's like really dark. That thing that creep me out. I dolls just creep me out in general. I don't know why. I think it's just because they it looks like they're looking at you and it's like, ah yes, can you look the other way? You know, but you know, you know it, it's Annabelle type of shit, dude. <laughs> I know. That's um um. There was a doll that inspired Annabelle, actually, if you didn't know. I forgot what his name was. I think it was like George or something. Georgie. And if you don't ask uh, permission from him and stuff, um, and you disrespect them while you're there, like in, at the place, there have been times where people have left, they've disrespected the doll stuff, and they've gotten killed. Or seriously injured. Kind of freaky. Just saying. I was about to disrespect the doll, and I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it's when you're in the museum, but like, oh boy, like, I don't know, man. I believe in a supernatural and stuff. I kind of, I believe in spirits and stuff. I'm sure, I, there are evil spirits. I mean, if. I will, I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't, because, like, you know, I want, I want to see a clear sign that a spirit is here. Not really. Not really. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I, was, I don't want to fucking, I don't want some ghost standing at my fucking room door and just looking. Oh, you know how scary that shit, bro, I've had that happen twice to me when I was younger. That's right. That used to I scare right me. Now. <laughs> Walking in, oh fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's even worse when they're standing above your uh uh bed. Uh, I'll be like, uh, hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, how are you doing today, dude? Nah, man. I'll be sleeping with a fucking knife, like <laughs> Like what? Honestly. Honestly, man. That's why I can't uh, live alone. I'd be too paranoid. I'm poor holy water all over me as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Christ compels you. Christ compels you. 
Oh my god. Alright, are you ready for the next story? Yeah. Alright. Alright. This is not going bad, honestly. It's not. We can do it. It's just that we rely on Cyrus too much. But, I mean, we, we can do it. Alright. Title of this uh, story. Stay away from the slaughterhouse in Middle Tennessee. Hello, my name is Dalton, and this is a memory I think I need to tell. It has sat with me for a long time, and I don't wish this to happen to anyone. Now, a little about me. I've lived in a cemetery and have experienced a wide variety of paranormal and unusual things that have happened, and none of those could compare to this. I can handle weird things. They don't usually bother me as much as it would be would a normal person i hate to even think of what happens it makes me sick to my stomach here are the events that took place in late march of 2013 first night me 16 and my friend cody 19 and cameron 15 got up at around 1 p.m in the afternoon on march 12th we had all been hanging out the last few days and figured we would invite some girls to go camping and go find a remote place and swim and drink and have a little party. Well, that was the plan anyway. We have all camped out and went way out into the forest before, so we were definitely experienced when it comes to camping. Cody being an aspiring survivalist was really good and finding food and or making shelter. So we would be dropped off for days at a time with little to no worries about anything. Not to mention, all of us were dropouts, so we didn't have school to worry about. The time wasn't a problem. All we had to do was enjoy life. Dropouts? Wait, wasn't one of them? He was 16, and they were fit, and uh, one of his friends were 15. Jeez, man. Oh. Sorry. Um... I've lost my place. Oh, yeah. So we make these plans and borrow two tents from Cody's parents. And we had asked his parents where a really secluded place would be in woods and water would be near. Her parents names her parents named a few places and we weren't really interested in any that they had suggested. Until Cody's mom had said, Hey hun, what about over there, off the slaughterhouse road? At the point, Cody's dad had said, No, they can't go there. That's too far away, and you remember how it's really odd out there? Which piqued our interest immediately. So we start asking about this place, and he tells us the nearest gas station is almost 30 miles away. That this place was down the old drive highway, and then you turn down a dirt road and drive for 20 miles on that road, there isn't but one half house halfway down that is abandoned. At the end of this road, there is a creek and an abandoned slaughterhouse that the roof was collapsed in on the place and we were would be surrounded by real thick woods. After some arguing and convincing, he agreed to take us as, as long as we only stayed till Monday which would only be two days. So with that in mind, we had found some girls who would meet us down there later that night. We got our stuff loaded up in the back of the truck and took down 
took off down there. We stopped at the gas station and get some snacks and beer and drinks and continue on our way. Now, when we get to the road, I looked for a road name and I just couldn't see one. It looked as if the road was never named, which didn't really strike me as odd at the time. So we were about 10 miles into this road and we came across the abandoned house that it was just that was just off to the right on this long windy road. I happened to notice there was still a mower and gardening supplies that were in the yard so I took note of that and figured me and my friend could come back and scavenge the area and maybe find something cool to keep. Finally, after what seems like forever, we make it down to the slaughterhouse and riverbed. It's really pretty. The water is see-through you can see to the bottom and see fish and the overall landscape was amazing we can't believe why no one is down there because of how the scenery is it should be a well-known camping spot and again not much thought about it and we figured we just got a whole new spot to pretty much have to ourselves and take over so we immediately get out and get our things and start to explore and unpack now it's about 6 during the day, the women are supposed to meet us around 8.30, so we start walking around and exploring. Now at the point, everything is pretty much set up, and we explore the new area. Now me and Cody like our beers, so we start drinking and fishing. Cameron, on the other hand, wasn't really a drinker, and he was more or less a loner, and we pulled him into our little group to pull him out of his shell. Me and Cody were pretty popular, we just didn't find big groups fun, so me and him kind of just hung out with the three of us, though we could have more. So me and Cody more or less felt free in the woods, and we are definitely the outdoorsy type, and Cameron really was just there because he had no one else to hang out with. He didn't really enjoy us or enjoy being in the wilderness, but he enjoyed being with us. Well, 7.30 comes by, the girl call, girls call us and say they're out heading this way. So we go to tell Cody's parents they can take off. As Cody's dad starts to leave, he calls Cody over and he hands him his 40-40 revolver and said, Last time we were here, we heard a lot of coyotes, so keep this nearby and use your head while being out there. Here, you're farther away. And you guys are used to and begins to pull off we weren't worried about it because there was always calling his dad to get us if something were to go wrong there was barely signal out here but if you stand on the one big hill you could get just enough to text or call at the one spot so we wait to hear from the girls they say they're are almost there and we begin making a fire as the sun was beginning to set. The girls finally arrive and we all start hanging out and drinking and having an overall good time. Everything was great until 7.30 a.m. rolls around. We are all in separate tents with whatever girl we had got with that night 
and me and this girl, Savannah, is who I was with. She keeps saying she is creeped out and hearing things walking around our tent, and I kept telling her it was probably Cody or Cameron, and to quit worrying. An hour later, I do hear what sounds like footsteps walking around the tent, and by this time, I should note that Savannah is asleep beside me, so I am just listening to them kind of slowly prance around and i'm not really concerned so i say still drinking cody to which i get no response so i just keep listening and it dawns on me that there is an extra step for every step which means it's an animal and after a minute i come to the conclusion it is a deer so i call out to cody whose tent is 40 feet from mine on the other side of cameron's he calls back asking if i hear it too as soon as i said that the animal knocked over the beer can and boom trots away. Me and Cody get out of our tent shortly after and start looking around and don't see, don't really see any tracks. It was like there was nothing there outside the tent when we knew we heard something. The ground was soft, just, ground was soft so we could see tracks but it's whatever. We finally get back in the tent and fall asleep until 3.30 comes around. We hear thunder in the distance due to a pop-up storm and all of us were woken up. So now we are all out of our, outside the tent and watching the storm roll in and hoping it won't get bad because our area was really easy for these storms to get bad real quick. But the storms just barely move barely moving alongside us we can just see lightning and hear thunder no rain so after 20 minutes of listening to the storm and chatting one of the other girls noticed something in the woods it looked like a pair of eyes we are we start looking closer and staring and sure enough it was a set of eyes cody grabs a gun and keeps it on him as we watch the eyes watch us we are a little on edge but don't think it's much more than a dog or other animal that has been in contact with humans. So as we are we are watching them, they all of a sudden slowly stand up to about six foot tall. And then we are worried. So Cody fires a warning shot off and yells telling the animal to get out of there. The eyes don't even flinch. So now he take aim, takes aim and fires again. Slowly the eyes turn and head back into the woods. We hear this loud crunching from how big this animal is breaking branches as it slowly walks off. We all are still sitting there in mild shock, trying to make sense of what that animal was when we hear this very loud ear ringing howling coming from the direction of the animal which freaks the girls out enough for them to say nope and they all pack up and are about to go home. They get in their car and ask if we want to go which we figured yeah. We might want to go, but at the same time, we could just go home in the morning. So we are debating on staying or going, and we finally just decide to stay and convince ourselves it was just a bear. We all go to our tents and just are silent to the point to where we all knew we were awake and freaked out and couldn't sleep. 30 minutes later, we hear just things moving and walking around the woods. It is important to note when nightfall came that night... That night, all the wildlife went silent. It was so quiet, you, your ears would ring occasionally. But somehow, we all managed to fall asleep and sunrise came 
We woke up, all started making breakfast. Now that it was daylight, we weren't really freaked out anymore, and me and Cody started making jokes about the night before. Cameron was not joking. He was still really scared, and after calling him a wimp enough, he finally said that sometime in that night, he awoke to something standing over uh, his tent, and he could just hear breathing, really, really deep breathing. He thought he was lying. We thought he was lying, but left it alone until Cody walked back to where he said he seen something standing over his tent, and right there were two huge footprints, at least a foot wide and two feet long. After that, we kind of didn't speak of it, just kind of ignored it and covered it up, so it wouldn't scare Cameron. We went on about our day and finally started having fun again. We decided instead of going home, we would stay another night despite what happened. Everything was fine the rest of the day. Night two. We are almost ready to lay down when Cody puts out the obvious. Again, the woods fell silent at night. So we said, let's just go to sleep as fast as we can and wake up and get out of here tomorrow. We were all on the edge, but somehow managed to go to sleep, and sometime during the night we were woken by someone screaming to the top of their lungs. Me and Cody jumped out of the tent as fast as we could, and Cameron's tent was literally ripped open and thrown 10 feet into the water. Cody grabs his gun, and we take off, running, screaming for Cameron, and fail and falling, following the screaming finally after about two miles we find him running cut up and bleeding with a broken arm we grab him and we start running as fast as we can along this access road and behind us in the woods a little way back we hear something trailing us so cody fires two shots toward it as we were running back we ran so far we made it to this abandoned house and barricade ourselves inside as Cody is making the phone call to his parents, we f he finally gets a hold of them and they start rushing towards us, but they are still an hour away. So now we had to hope we m make it through that hour. We're scared that, that thing is going to bust through the door any minute and kill us all. But 30 minutes go by and there is no sign of this creature whatsoever. We keep looking out windows and don't see anything. Cameron has yet to say a word since we found him. Then Cody looks out the window and they're right there. They're right out of the woodlands on the edge of the trees is this creature's eyes. We all panic and Cody realizes he only has two bullets left in the gun. We watch the creature for the what seems like forever and then our worst nightmare happens it starts running towards us and walking around the house banging on the walls and windows we never could get a clear glimpse of what this thing was and i'm very happy that i didn't finally we see headlights and the banging stops and his dad gets out and starts firing an ar-15 repeatedly at least two clips before screaming for us to hurry and get in the truck we all were silent on the way to the hospital. We get there and Cameron was admitted. We all kind of knew not to say anything that actually happened on the account of sounding crazy. So Cody and all of us went back to the house and didn't sleep very good that night. But somehow we did sleep some. Finally in the morning, we asked Cameron if we got a good look at the creature. And he said... He was asleep and then dragged out of his tent by his arm, which broke it, and it dragged him all 
tracked him over a mile before it dropped him and he started running towards us. He said whatever it was, taller than him and covered in hair and had these really big yellow glowing eyes. To this day, we have never been back there and I will never go back there for no reason whatsoever. Whether you guys believe me or not, I could care less. Just don't go to the, a place like that, what I described. I just need to get this off my chest. Even now as I'm typing it, I am looking over my shoulder. And to this day, I have nightmares of what could have happened to all of us. After that, we all kind of drifted apart and never really hung out after that or told a story that I am aware of. Oh my god. Nah, it's not right me, dude, man. Nigga, run. <laughs> Cut that shit. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> I mean, you're okay. You're black. <laughs> Be okay. Oh my god, that was that. That was a lot of talking. That was about another sixteen minutes. We're at the thirty-two uh, minute mark. Surprisingly, want to continue or should we uh, end it here? We're at the 32 uh, minute mark. You wanna continue or end it here? I mean, this seems like a pretty good spot to end here for two people. Alright, yeah. So, um, thank you for joining us, uh, uh, in listening to this edition of the Peanut Butter Gang podcast. It is our fourth, actually. So, we've made it this far. Pretty nice. Hope everyone enjoyed. I know. Of a last shot. minute Fuck thing. You, you're not the carry, dude. There you go. Damn right, baby. Um, we should have some topics for next week, and everything should be back to normal next week. We also are hoping, hoping for a guest next week. But we'll see. Anyways, uh, I hope everyone has had a nice time listening to our podcast. It's been the PBG podcast, Peanut Butter Gang.